Alrighty. So, jumping back in, Be'ezus Hashem, to our study of Anu B'Koyach, a couple of weeks ago, and I'm happy in a certain way that we had a couple of weeks, because it took me a couple of weeks to contemplate and really think deeply about what we learned a couple of weeks ago about the word Yachid. Right? We had a whole hour just on the word Yachid as it relates to Hashem. We're up to the stanza on Anu B'Koyach, Yachid Ge'e La'amcha Penei Zeichri Kedusha Secha. Yachid Ge'e. What does Yachid mean? How do we translate it? How would you translate unique. it? Unique, singular, the right? One, the one. The one, the one, right? So we understood there are different ways of understanding what this means, that a Kaddish Baruch was yachid, singular. And the way that we explained it very deeply is that from the standpoint of Hashem being yachid, that means it isn't just he's singular, meaning there is no other God. It means that in the aspect of Hashem being yachid, the only one, it means that everything else is seen as being included in him. Right? So that means from the standpoint of Hashem's y- being Yachid, all of his creations are also included within that category. He's singular because on that level, he's infinite. And there is no room for finitude, for anything limited. Anything limited is going to be within his infinity. All there is is Ein Oid Malvada, it's just HaKadosh Baruch That's basically how we understood uh, the category of Yachid, which includes all other categories. And it's a different way than how we would understand it. Basically, that Hashem is Yachid because he's unique and there's no being like him. It's much, much deeper than that. Yeah. And that's like what we Yachid learned last time. With, 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 with the next three years. Yeah. Because it's everything. It's everything connected. Everything. Hashem is everything connected, yeah. so it's really only one. It's just an illusion that it's all separate. That's right. That's right. It's the godliness in everything. That um, that that if you drill down, you know, deep, deep, deep. Thanks for coming. Deep beyond the the, the surface of everything, you realize theologically, philosophically, everything is still is, is just eloquent. Okay, so now we run into a big question. Because we're trying to travel now from Yachid Geya. We also spoke about Hashem's pride. We said it's not arrogance, right? Because it's Emes. We spoke about how arrogance is connected to Sheker. So when something tries to lift itself in a way that it doesn't, it, it's not Emes, that it ought to be lifted. But by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's not, it's not an arrogance, it's just the Metzias. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Yachid, right? So that's, there's a certain pride that naturally comes along with that. So what's the Kasha? The Kasha is, and we touched on this very briefly, one of the Chavar brought it up last time, What's the shaykhis between Yachid Geya and La'am Chapnei? You remember, I think it was Rabbi Yaakov, who's, I think he's out of town, um, where he mentioned, so where do we fit in? Right? Where do we fit in, in the context of HaKadosh Baruch Hu being Yachid? Because we do perceive ourselves as existing. So how does that fit in, especially in the stanza? It's not just another stanza. It's in the same stanza, Yachid Geya, and immediately we make a reference to La'am Chapnei. So let's learn inside the Heliger of Ruven Sasson. So it's, there's a lot to get through. I'm going to read it relatively quicklier so we can see the, the content. I'm going to do less talking on my own. We're not there this time. When we say that a Kodesh Baruch was Yachid Geya as the singular one, we are referring to the loftiest conception of godliness where at that level, again, doesn't just mean there's no other God like him. It means there's nothing else. Everything is wrapped up in a Kaddish Baruch Hu's Elokus and his infinity. It's a reference to that greatness, that elevation of Hashem that has no end. And we are also wrapped up in that element. Certainly Am Yisrael, along with everything else. We fit into that category. 
So after we make reference to this elevated Bechina, this aspect of Hashem, and we make a reference to the transcendence of Hashem, the holiness of Hashem, that's lifted beyond all the lower worlds which perceive themselves as being separate or as potentially being experienced as separate. That aspect of Hashem that's, like we said, that's elevated, lifted up beyond anything. We immediately go ahead and request something that seems to be the exact opposite, the contrast of this aspect of Yachid Geya, which is La'amcha Pene, turn to Am Yisrael. So he says, wait a second, this terminology, this descriptive term, it's referring to the covet of Hashem that's well beyond any created being. Like we said, it's the highest, highest singularity of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's the category that includes all categories, there's nothing else. And then we say the opposite, relate to a created nation in the physical world. What's going on here? That in that aspect, Hashem should turn to Am Yisrael in the lowest realm, the created realm, to his nation that is found, that exists in the lowest realm. When we refer to Amcha, it's a reference. We didn't say Leknesis Yisrael Pene, because that would refer to the spiritual source of Am Yisrael, which we could understand as being, you know, Bad, 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 connected to Hashem up there, so to speak. Yichud. Right, in a, in a way of yichud, intimacy. But over here we say, where are we, the am? Dafka in this world, that's ein melech, b'loi am, is used as a terminology to understand why Hashem needed to create this world, because he needed an am, right? What's the am is the nation? is in the oilam ha-tachtoin. Dafka tachtoin. Amcha hukino, separation. Right, exactly. That's the Balatanya, right? Separated. It refers to you and me just struggling through the complexities of our physical lives. So it's very difficult to understand. That we want Hashem to relate to us. We use this terminology of removal from this physical world, the highest aspect of Hashem. When we come to ask Hashem for mercy, we preface this on a point of Hashem, so we begin with terminology that relates to the Midah of Rachamim. And then we say, what connects that? Once we refer to that Midah of Hashem that's related to our we awaken the aspect of Hashem's mercy. He should relate to us in a way of mercy. And in the aspect of this, Thank you so much for coming. We have sheets over there. In this aspect, we're saying, Hashem, reveal your Rachmanas B'Poyal. And then we make the request. Have mercy on us. So it would make sense if we're asking for mercy, that's why we're related to Hashem as being the Merachim. 
Veloimatsana, we're a little bit lower than halfway uh, toward the end of a line. Veloimatsinu. Can point in the place? There you go. I imagine if we come to Hashem asking for mercy, and before we say Hashem have mercy on us, we refer to Him as Elohim, right? The powerful one, the, the, the one that r- runs the world with din. It doesn't fit. Wouldn't fit. We refer to Hashem in His midah of severity, have mercy on us. Which aspect do you mean to refer to? Powerful, strong one, have mercy on us. Because these terms describe Hashem's midas hadin. We refer to those midas when we ask Hashem to, to do justice in the world. And to, and to have, uh, you know, nakama on, on the enemies. The and things like that. So the bottom line is, right? When we refer to Hashem, we are trying to refer to Him in a way that's going to be related to the bakasha, to the request that we have. So here's the question. Why is it that in the beginning of this stanza of Anabakoach, we refer to Hashem Yachid Geya in the aspect of his being completely removed from any aspect of the created world in such a way that in that sense, nothing was ever created because everything is Elokus, everything is godliness, even though we experience it as being real and physical, time and space and so on and so forth. Yachid Geya? And then we make a request that seems to be the opposite of that. Have a relationship with us in the lowest realm. Why Which one it, is it? Why is it afachis? Why? Because refers to me and you as we are, not in our spiritual aspect. Being created, living under time and space. So we make a reference to the most uh, transcendent concept of Hashem where he has nothing to do with the world, and it's still by him considered like the world wasn't ever created, and then have a relationship with us in the created realm. It doesn't seem to fit. Like asking Einstein to teach uh, one plus one to year one. Right, something like that. <laughs> so even though it's, yes, I mean, it makes sense because it's still within the category of math, but like, you know. And to say, oh, we're going to bring the top, 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 top black belt to us, ten dan, to teach us the first step of karate. Something, right, no, something like that. Wasted. Right, and infinitely more. Infinitely more. It, because it's not just that he's so beyond, so he can't have a relationship with us. It's that in, in the aspect of his being, yachid geya, we just don't exist. Meaning, referring to Hashem as the singular one in the way that we learned it means that he includes everything else. So in that sense, you can't refer to a created being because you just made reference to the Bechina, to the aspect in which there is no created being. Pene, just, because that, 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 that connotes separation. That's right, so right? right. And La'amcha refers to where is he turning to the lowest creative, like the physical world. You just said, Yachid, there is no physical world on that level. So that's, it seems to be a contrast. We should have made reference to the way that Hashem relates to the lower realm. El. Hmm. One second. Where's the other? I think I left out one line. Okay. So some kind of, of, of terminology. Yeah, I guess I cut out a line. To the created world. And that would make more sense. 
Okay. Yeah, exactly. To refer to the, the way that Hashem could be experienced in the physical world. So he's here. So relate to us. Okay. Or the Boire, right? The Creator, have a relationship with your creations. What's Yachid Geya La'amcha Pene? So he says the answer is the next two words. We refer to Am Yisrael as the nation that remembers your holiness. What does this mean? The answer to this question, Remuza is hinted to at the end of the stanza. Which gives the reason, It gives the reason that we should merit that Hashem should turn to us. And this is what it means that we end this stanza. We are the nation that remembers your holiness. Remembers your holiness. We refer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu again on that incredibly elevated lofty level. And then we say again something that seems to be have a relationship with people in the lowest realm. In the oil of Asiya. What's the bridge between those two things? Because we are called the nation that is Zaychre, we remember Kedusha In these two words, those who remember your holiness, it hints to this that Hashem turns to his nation, who are found experiencing creation as creation in the lower realms of existence. Even though, like we said, he's Yachid Geya, but Ram al and uplifted beyond anything, because they're those who remember his holiness. What does all this mean? In order to really understand this, obviously we have to understand. What does this mean to be those who remember God's holiness? Once we understand this, with the help of Hashem, we're going to be able to understand why Hashem, even in the aspect of singularity, should be relating to us. The Adarabah. And not only that, it's because Hashem is Yachid, as we're going to learn, Dafka, from that aspect, we deserve for Him to turn to us in the lowest realm. A love Dafka, but We're specifically using this terminology. So now we're going to understand this. It's like in Kippur. Now we're going to understand, yeah. It's like Masih in Kippur, we say Hashem Alakim, we bring Him down into this world, into the Sukkah, to be with us. Like from that. From the highest level possible, go and sit in a, you know, in a right, hut, you know, right. But over there, it's easier because Yud Kevavke, who Elokim, Elokim is Gematria Teva. It right. refers to the created natural world, right. and that's the secret to say that really there's Yud Kevavke is also present with us, you right. know, in the level right, of Elokim. Right, right. So this, seems, this is so, the, but we right. need a bridge. We need right. a bridge between Yachid Geya, which is even beyond that, and La'am Chapnei. So he says, Rish is called the first thing Aleinu LaHaschel Asodazikarin. What does it really mean? To remember. What's the mystical depth of memory? Memory is an incredibly deep thing. What is it to remember? Because time is an illusion. Hashem is beyond time. There is a realm where past, present, and future is just a total illusion. Everything just is. We can't grasp that because we live underneath the context of time. And the minutes tick by and the hours tick by and days and weeks and months and years and decades and centuries. We don't know the future but we are able to recall the past. 
What's the depth of that memory? He says, we've already discussed this in other places. He brings the other places in his writings where you can look into this concept more. He says, now we're just going to say this very briefly, which we should read with a bit of suspicion from a person who wrote a 500-page book on Ahabakayach. <laughs> when he says, Ksara, you know, he's not exactly the master of Kitzer. But he says like this, Lamaisa, Hazikarn hu davar pnimi va'amok. Memory, the capacity to remember is something very, very inward and very, very deep. But Roivar Hagalui, on the revealed level, on the most external level of experience, on a makirim asazikarin, like how do we think of what memory is? We have somewhat of a storage bank in our brain, somewhere inside, in some part of our brain. On the level of the subconscious, because what a person is thinking in this moment, he's not remembering it. He's thinking about it. He's experiencing it. When I'm drinking, I'm not using my memory. It's an experience I'm having in the present moment. Hazikarain, memory means shayach, is relating to l'roivat shenister be'imke hamachshava. We tap into the subconscious level. The memory is not all the time functioning. I'm able to wake it up if I choose to access that element of my being. And when I think about memories, I'm tapping in to something deeper than what I'm experiencing right now because it's hidden. That experience is that I'm not having that experience right now. But it's like drilling beyond the illusion of time to somehow tap into the subconscious part of me that in some way is still having that experience. It's a deeper hidden realm. It's a deeper part of me, like our memories become a part of us. Science, and specifically psychology, is still discovering the lifelong impacts of children's experiences that become built into their sub-sub-subconscious, even though they might not know it, tiny memories that they might not even be able to recall, it has an impact on the way that they think, on the way that they experience associations, right? Phobias that might come from just a small impact. Stereotypes. Stereotypes, right? Ways of thinking, all molded and shaped by childhood experiences, which we'd have to say are deeper than the experience that a person has in the moment. Because the experience that they're having in the moment is is life. Sub-life is the realm of memory. The realm of memory. Let's, let's just see how he, how, how he unfolds it. Davar Adam Chayshev again, a thing that a person is experiencing, so he's not remembering it. Memory is the layer of our thinking that's beyond our current experience. When I'm able to tap into that which doesn't exist right now, and I'm able to bring it out from being in a state of concealment within our subconscious, and then I can recall it, and I bring it out of that hidden, um, like, hidden, what's it called like in computers, like the hard drive, right? Be able to bring it out, he has, he, he, he his achrus, that's memory. So he says similarly, something new that you learned. You don't, you're not remembering it. You're reading it. Because you never knew it. You're reading it for the first time. Is it, is it, is it that? 
What do you mean? Oh, because the Malach already taught us everything. Okay, so let's say something not in Torah, right? Where it's where it's clearer. It's something you once knew. It's not something new. So the opposite is something that's clear in front of you. You're not remembering it. It's an experience you're currently having. To remember, to recall, is something that was hidden. Even sometimes memories need to be awoken. You can have this experience when you hear a song that you didn't hear in a very long time. It can bring you back to a certain time in your life, or you smell a smell, right? Smells is very connected to machshava. And all of a sudden, it's like, where was that in my head? Where was it? I, I wouldn't have thought of that otherwise. Maybe I forgot it for decades. And then all of a sudden, I'm, I'm back. I'm back. And I remember where it was hidden. The memory extracts hidden experiences that are in the subconscious and brings them out to the level of revelation. That's the job of memory. It's that level that's hidden within the person. And it binds our conscious thinking with the storage house of subconscious memories. Nimsa, so it emerges It's the it's the hidden treasure house of thought. So what does this mean in a spiritual sense? If this is what our capacity for memory is when we experience it in the lived experience of being a human, we've learned many times in the past that from the Kabbalistic or Panimia Satora understanding, we don't have experiences that symbolize spiritual truths. I mentioned this in a number of shirim recently. It's not that I have a right hand. And because I have a right hand, that's very powerful. And by most people, the right hand is more powerful than the left hand. So it symbolizes a spiritual concept of power. So that there are psukim, yimincha sham nedar v'koyach. No, no, that's, that's the niglet-oriented way of understanding depth. It's still deeper than just to stop thinking I have a hand because I have a hand. Something deep. Well, oh, my hand symbolizes a spiritual truth. But from the Kabbalistic standpoint that sees the true world, not as being the physical world, it's the illusionary world. In Kabbalah, the true world, it's the code, not the front end appearance of the app. It's the code. That's the reality. So it's hafuch. It works the opposite way. I have a right hand because in the spiritual realm, there's a, there's, a, there's a spiritual code that becomes my right hand. And that's why I have a right hand. And that's why I have five fingers. And that's why these five fingers have 28 prok. And every single detail and aspect of the lines on our hands and how they're positioned doesn't symbolize spiritual truth. It is spiritual truth manifested. It's a completely different way of looking at the world. So it's the same thing with memory. He's not saying that, oh, now the human being has a memory and there's got to be something deeper about that. So what does that mean in the spiritual realm? It's the opposite, right? What is the concept of memory, beruchnius, that becomes the human being's capacity to remember in the physical world? Because we're tzalem elokim. So what does this mean vis-a-vis our source code that is encoded and becomes the front end, so to speak, experience of our humanity? Because this is all a bit of a VR um, illusion. Like in the olden days, uh, the movies, okay, you guys were all not born. <laughs> but you had the, the film, and the light went into the film. There was a picture on the film, 
and that's what you saw on the screen. Projection. Huh? Projection. Projection. So you think. <laughs> <laughs> right? So it's not that, oh, that image is there, so it must come. Really, the image is here. And it's being because projected. Because it's here, it's been projected there. Beautiful. That's but right. It's first. That's right. It's first the there. That's video through the light, Dafka. Beautiful. Beautiful mashal. See, therefore, built on this premise, Nimsa, Shazikara, Ubumuvan Aruchni Azikar, and Roim is Aldvarim Hamasiyam of Apanimim. So it must be that it's rooted in, he uses the word symbolizing, but he means the opposite way, because the real truth is the spiritual reality. We have to train ourselves to see life that way. Helps us stay focused, remember what's important. So it's got to be something so deep. Imke Hahan Haga Bahamach Shalahelo Kiss. Hashem's, so to speak, Hashem's Hanhaga, the way Hashem thinks. It refers to a much deeper level of thinking. It's known that the human being is just the mashal, but the nimshal, which is the true truth, is in the upper realms. We find, again, this spiritual root in the higher realms, right? the concept of a hand, which is the midah of chesed, that becomes the human hand, the regal feet, the eye in the eyes, all of these become physical experiences, but they're first spiritual truths. All of these, we can look at the human and we can see from him what the code is. The highest spiritual realities. It's the same thing with our head and our brain. It's the highest part of us. So it must be referring to the very high spiritual reality. With this understanding, hazikarain memory, that we're saying is subconscious thought. It's got to be an incredibly lofty level of the spiritual realm. Because if thought, generally speaking, hints or is the manifested reality of a high level, so harish hazikarain. Memory, which is even deeper, is, is bound up with kasher and connected the loftiest, loftiest, loftiest concepts. In order to understand this properly, we're going to touch upon a concept that we spoke about already, I think in our shir, but certainly he speaks about this in other svarim, like Akitsa Baranu. Now we're going to speak about something very, very, very foundational. The concept of interiority, inside, and exteriority, outside, of the worlds and of the Jew. Listen to this. Can we just... Sure. We, we haven't really, maybe we're going to answer the question of what, what Zakoan means from God's perspective. Yeah. Like, are we deliberately, is he deliberately leaving that question unanswered because we can't really know the answer? I think that he's taking a more generalized route uh, because because Zikaron vis-a-vis Hashem would imply that, uh, that there's past, present, and future 
right? Because Hashem is above time. We right. think of memory as you're recalling something in the past. By Hashem, that doesn't exist. So, yeah. so, so he's taking a more general perspective that for us who do experience present and past, memory would refer to tapping in to a hidden realm and drawing it out into the revealed realm. Hey, thanks for coming, yeah. right? Zikaren, yeah, Hashem pakat esara, zakhartu lach and so on. So you'd have to say that it's referring to a pnimius machshava being revealed, but it's, it doesn't work exactly the same way because Hashem doesn't have past and present and future. Mm-hmm. So that, he's taking a more general route. To us, to the world, it seems that it's now being remembered. But that basically that that machshava was always there. It's just now become a gil, like gilo, just like a, a memory. Gilo, that's right. It's like memory was that's always right. there, and now it's being brought to the front. But it's only for us. Something that's hit. It's like an illusion. Yeah. Exactly. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to cope if we were living constantly in the mm-hmm. you know in the and there are people unfortunately who yeah. do yeah. You just can't cope with life as it's moving on. Because the same, yeah. So what from uh, so just to cl- put into in other words, what for the human being is recalling an experience in the of the past in the present for Hashem, so to speak, and Hashem's hanhaga and his relationship with the world is bringing from the from the hidden realm out into the revealed realm, and that's an aspect of memory. Like Hashem Pakarasara, it was finally time for the Yeshua that always existed. To come into into reality, that's the that's the concept of, of memory. So he's gonna he's gonna clarify that a little bit more now. Listen to the way he reads a Gemara Brachas Mamish. The way that he the way that he understands the depth of this agada is 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 pili play. Each and every Jew and everything in the world is split into outside and inside. Bechinas in one aspect, it's called guf. And neshama, right? We have a body and we have a soul. Which one is the inside? The neshama. And the body is the outside, right? We encounter people on the level of guf, but inside the guf is neshama. Hamushrashim, which are rooted, like we said, in the code, ba'olam ha'galoi u ba'olam ha'nister, right? That reflected in the world, there's the way that we experience the world with all of its different physical elements, biological elements. And then there's a, there's a soul of the world, a spiritual realm. The realm of Yitzira, which is beyond Asiya. The realm of Bria, the realm of Atsilas. All these different layers of spirituality that exist beyond the layer of the world. That just like we can use a person's guf to get to know their neshama, if we're conscious Jews who are utilizing halacha and Judaism properly to train us how to be Moich and the Godless, which is how Yiddishkeit is supposed to be, expand the consciousness, we can learn how to engage with the physical experience of life to get to know the, the spiritual realities. That's what the whole purpose of Yiddishkeit is, right? To, to slowly train us how to be bigger, 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 think deeper, experience life more deeply. The body is related to the revealed aspect of the worlds. Is rooted in the realms of the hidden spiritual truth. The elevated light of Hashem. From the aspect of the level of the spiritual of the spiritual reality, we are bound up with the Creator, and will never ever become disconnected from Him. It's only from the level of the outside, on the physical element, we were sent to this world where there's work to do. To reveal 
our neshamas in the guf, to reveal the spiritual realm beyond the facade of a physical world. That's our whole avoda. By making choices and doing the right thing and overcoming ourselves and transcending, etc. And finding Hashem everywhere we look. This is the mission statement of the Jew. That encompasses everything. Every halacha, every, every aspect of Yiddishkeit is this. The job of a Jew in the physical world is to steadily draw down light from the hidden realm and reveal it in the physical realm. To draw down Hashem's light, Hameir, which shines, but in the hidden realm of their own souls, and to use the body, not that it should hide the soul, because it can, on the contrary, we use the body to reveal the soul in interaction with the physical world through eating consciously, sleeping consciously, having conscious relationships, looking at the world in a deeper way, allowing ourselves to enter into a state of emuna, and so on and so forth. Reveals Hashem's light in the created world. And thereby we reveal the neshama of the world within the guf of the world. But what can happen to us in the experience of the guf, which is the present experience of our reality, even in our past and even in our future, in our, right, in our state as human beings, meaning from the moment our neshama was born in a guf, to the moment that our neshama will leave the guf, it's very possible to forget the true reality. What's the true reality? Sure. Deeper. The true reality of us, that we're really in a Shama. So from the standpoint, and this is such a deep thing, from the standpoint of being human, there is a fundamental memory that can be tapped into at every single moment of the human experience that will always be in the past vis-a-vis our present human experience, which will be when we were once a soul. Bound up with oh, Elokos. Exactly. How, how can that be a memory? On a sub-spiritual level, right? How, how does our mind think that if you just have a brain sitting in a can, you know, floating in some liquid, it's not doing any thinking. It's the neshama that thinks. So on a sub-sub-sub-sub-spiritual conscious level, as he's going to describe, the neshama has a, a, a glimmer of a, rem, of, a, of a memory of when it didn't have this clunky space suit we call the body. And it wasn't schlepping around this... Whole so, has the ability to remember, like in the spiritual realm or whatever, does that also mean that our other senses are able to operate? Like, even though we don't have eyes, like our soul, when we're in Ghanaian or whatever, can we still see? On a spiritual level. Yeah, but that when it, when it comes, right? when it comes, yeah. it will be the same conceptually, right? Meaning, so even though it might not be seeing like we experience seeing, yeah. it will be some concept of what the eyes accomplish, some, some aspect of visual. So, right, because again, everything that exists in this world is the front end code, that's what muscle we're using, like an app, yeah. from higher level. So it might, do the, do the numbers look the same? No, it's not the, the numbers that become our WhatsApp feed don't look like the WhatsApp feed, yeah. but they're fundamentally different from the code that makes a banking app, yeah. right? So it's related in some way, right, so it's something else. Yeah. So all of it is rooted in a higher place. See, he's saying like this, it's, so, it's such a deep thing. Why is it so deep? I, I just have to, have to it's, a, it's a very deep thing I'm trying to get across, that we're trying to learn. One second, one second, sorry, one second, just don't, don't want to lose this Nikuda. How did we refer to memory in its spiritual root vis-a-vis Hashem? 
we said in a more general perspective, as Hashem doesn't have memories in the past, the inner truth, the inner dimension. So Mamela, it turns out that the fundamental collective memory of the human being is the inner inner dimension, is to remember the soul, which is really what the spiritual root of memory is in God, so to speak, which is the revelation of that which is hidden. So we also have this fundamental universal collective memory where at every given moment we can tap into the deeper reality that this body thing is just a present experience, right? And even though we had a body yesterday, so that was in the past, but taken collectively as our present form, which is the human being, there's a collective past vis-a-vis this present, and that was the deeper reality of the, of the soul. Let's let, him, let's let him unfold this a, a bit more. It's still a memory because if you look about it, Whatever, 40, it's a, it's 30, a 40, 40, 50 the years ago, sure. we were one with Hashem. It's something in the past, but it's, it's, it's like that. On that level, there's that no time. Is, I get it. It's a nista shava nista because yes. it's, it's, it's beyond a, a time. That's, it's that's beyond time. Zikarin. And that's the true root of Zikarin, where there is no time. That's the point. Because uh-huh. in that place, uh-huh. it's, it's, not, it, it's beyond the illusion of time. So what is there? Deep. Depth. That's the Shirish Zikarin. That's why we can't access it because they're just freak out. Uh, well, hopefully we can access no, it without can, freaking out. In, in, our in, brain, in, as we, we are here, as we experience this daily life, we cannot, we cannot recall a memory which was experienced in a, it, you know, without our senses as it is now. Right. I wouldn't say because that would be the code. I wouldn't say remembering what it was like, so to speak. Well, that's no, that's what, beyond. But I would say remembering the truth, truth. of that reality. Hmm. So it might not be, you know. Let, let's let's let him out because uh, uh, there's can still make, much more to uh, do. Can I just make a quick yeah, point? Yeah. We have psychologists, as you said. We might not have the tools, but all our memories, our experiences, not just when we were babies, our experiences in my previous life, in my previous... And there is there's a such lot a thing, of that. Yeah, there's such a and thing. there are people that have Past the tools to yeah. be able to go so deep into me that I could remember what I was 300 years ago. It, it's, a, it's a true material. Yeah, yeah. In America, I, it's big. I'm curious, Which I'm curious... It's it's mamish within us. It's freaking me it's out. In me. Exactly. <laughs> I'm curious to hear what methods you're speaking about, but I'll just say one tiny thing. There's a book written by somebody called Stan Graf. I'm getting to the whole thing now. It's called Realms of the Human Unconscious. And um, and I'm not sure what you're referring to, but he did a lot of work using LSD, actually, before it was a party drug, um, in a therapeutic context. And um, in the 1940s, 50s, 60s, you know, using psychedelics in a therapeutic context coming back and the it's controversial the and so on. But, um, but, but he writes in his book something absolutely remarkable. He did thousands of hours of LSD uh, therapy with people. And he sort of maps out what's called a cartology of human consciousness. So to really talk about this properly would be a whole other sheer. But basically, he identifies five realms, five layers of the human consciousness. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, the first one is what we are experiencing right now. The second one is memories in of of you know our regular range of memories. The third one is memories that were dormant from our youth. The fourth one, listen to this. The fourth one, if I'm not mistaken, is the memory of being born. Being born, and the fifth one is memories of of, of previous lives. And the way that he explains this wild stuff on LSD, where people started speaking in languages that they that they didn't know fluently. Um, there was one crazy story. I'm trying to remember exactly the nature of this story. 
something to do. She had this vision of an army and of different people being hung on a specific date. And she and she was and she she knew her way. She was able afterwards to trace a map at some random place in Italy. She knew exactly where it was and 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 exactly what the setting was. And she couldn't make heads or tails of it because she wasn't aware of what that might be referring to. And decades later, she wrote to him a letter saying that she had been having a conversation with one of her uncles who mentioned that they were direct descendants of of this, these three people who were hung for some treasonous event at some point in this exact place in the way that she pulled it up. So, you know, again, some people might say it's pseudoscience. Some people say, you know, I don't know. But it's definitely it's shy. It's definitely it's shy very deep. that it's super hidden. You know, if we believe in Kogulim, which again, there are those who were free to choose. There were those who, you know, Argued very strongly that there's no such thing in, in, in Yiddish Kai, but all the Mikubalim, obviously, the Arizal wrote Shara Gogul and felt that it was, uh, it was MS. These are realities. But we're not even speaking about that. We're speaking Same again on a more clully level, just the general recalling of the spiritual reality. Let's go a little bit right there. How can you be on if it's brought, I'm presuming if it's brought in Zohar a lot, then how can you just be on Because there are riots in, the, in Nikla that there aren't Gilgulim. Um, there are riots, um, for example, what we what, what that we say that we should, Davin, that we should leave the world as we came into the world, Belichet. Right, so if we talk about Kugulim, so then there is some aspect of chet, and there are other Maimari Chazal. There is a bit of discussion back and forth. By the way, I hate to say it, and, and obviously Roiv Ruba the Ruba of Amisrael doesn't hold this way, but there are those that question the authenticity of the Zara as well. Right? It's a huge topic, and a huge amount has been written about that. Um, there were definitely tzaddikim that uh, you know, so etc. Right, but but the general consensus of so to speak mainstream Yiddishkeit across the board in the Sephardish world certainly, but in the Ashkenazi world from the Litvish to the Hasidic, everybody accepts that realm of Torah, including Gulgulim, including Gulgulim. You know, but um, but yeah, okay. So let's 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 jump back, and I want to I want to take you through this Gemara and Brachas. So he says like this. In our lived experience of a body, we can forget. There we up to here? Yeah. Disconnect and distortion. But on the level of our soul, there's always direct recall. Because it's bound up with Hashem. And this is what the what, what Chazal really were, were trying to communicate to us in the following Gemara. There's a pasuk that says, um, "What's the rest of it? Um, something like that, right?" Right? You forsook me, you have forsaken me, and you've forgotten me. So the Gemara says, right? What does it say twice? You forsook, you forsake me, us, and then you forgot us. It's like the same thing. It says Rish Lakish, this is what this is what the Pasik means. Amra Knesset Yisrael Lafnei Hakodesh Baruch Knesset Yisrael Am Yisrael, the collective soul of the Jewish nation, says in front of Hashem, Ribanishal, the master of the world. Adam Noisi Ishal Ishta Rishaina. Person marries a wife and then marries a second wife, right? Meaning. After a divorce, marries again. Zaycha Maiserishayna. He remembers the experience of the first relationship. But Ata Zartani, not only have you left me and, so to speak, married someone else, Kiviachol, Veshichachtani, but you've totally forgotten us. Armalah Kodesh Baruch, when Hashem responds, Biti, my dear daughter, 
Shneim also mazales barasi barakiai created twelve what's called mazales metaphysical constellations right in the in the, in the rakia we all call mazul mazul and upon each mazul barasul shloshim chayal there are thirty soldiers obviously this is all metaphoric and and kabbalistic we all call chayal chayal and what's that chayil probably chayil chayil yeah oh shloshim yeah chayil okay okay. The Alkol Chayil Vechayil upon every one of those thirty. Um, um, what's the word you used? Platoons. Legions. Legions. Legions? No, 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 because yeah, we're going to have to. No, <laughs> we're about to encounter army. a lot of different yeah. words. But Rasul Leshleishem Legion, right? That's that's a legion. The Alkol. Every army has thirty legions. The Alkol Legion, a legion, Rasul Leshleishem Rahatun, like commanders. The Alkol Rahatun, Rahatun, Rasul Leshleishem Karton. Like a captain beyond them, we all call Karton Vikarton Barasli Shleishim Gistra, and like a military official beyond that, we all call Gistro Gistra Talisi Boy, and on them, okay, yeah. well, that's not not yeah. no, the, the <laughs> smaller, no? no, no, higher and higher and higher, it's going higher. Talisi Boy Shleishmiyas Veshishim Chamisha Alfei Rivoi Koychavim Kenegedim Moisachama. I attached three hundred and sixty-five thousand. Alfei Rebbe Kachavim, thousand myriad stars connected in Maisachama in accordance with each of the days of the solar ca- uh, calendar. Okay, so it's a massive, massive world out there. If we haven't noticed, we're keeping track, right? It's just, and it's interesting because now we know this visually. Then they didn't. They didn't have access to the Milky Way. They didn't understand how minuscule this tiny rock that has, by the way, molten fire, you know, a couple of thousand miles down. Like, we have not, it's absolute. this is bizarre, okay? This, this, that's happening now. We live on the face of a rock that's floating in the middle of nowhere. With, 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 uh, we can't understand how vast of space out there. This was Chazal's way of communicating what that might look like to give people a little bit of a taste of what's, what's out there. And Hashem says, V'kulam leibarasi, and I created all of this, Ela b'shulcha, for you. Va'at amris azavtanim shichachtanim. And you say that I, I don't care for you, that I've forsaken you. It's all, it's all for you. Hatishkach isha ula the pasuk says, "Can a woman forget her her nursling child?" Amar Kodesh Baruch Hu klumesh eshkach ulais elim upatre rachamim sheikrafta lefane bemidbar ulais elim. Can I forget all the carbonas and everything that you brought in front in front of me and offered up to me in the midbar? So Amar lefanav. So then Am Yisrael, which is so emblematic and characteristic of our anxious Jewish. Uh, consciousness. Listen to this. How do Am Yisrael respond? Not with like this great joy. So they say, oh my gosh, if you didn't forget us, so then I'm sure, then you must, <laughs> you must remember also the Egal. Amr Allah, so, Hashem says, <laughs> no, no, no. That I forgot. So then, so if you are remembering, forgetting, right? Because someone set up the phone that it should record because they're about to die. I don't want to lose the rest of the recording.
So maybe you forgot what this experience of our Sinai was. Amar la, the Apostle continues, So gam ele, the word ele is a reference to ele lehecha Yisrael, right? The Apostle that refers to the Egal. Anoichi leheshkachech is Harsinai, right? I didn't forget anoichi Hashem lekecha. Harsinai Hashem doesn't forget. So what's the depth of this Gemara? An understanding that a Kaddish Baruch Hu, oh, let's just finish. The Hainu, the Amr Rebbe Lazar, Amr Rebbe Ishia, my dechsev gam ele teshkachna zemaisa egal. The Noichi leeshkachech zemaisa Sinai. So on a simple level, we read the Gemara. It sounds beautiful. There's a back and forth. But when you think in a theological way, it cannot be that this conversation means what it actually means. Why? Because there is no remembering by Hashem and there is no forgetting by Hashem. So what's this back and forth? Hakadosh Baruch Hu remembers the Karbanis. He doesn't remember the ego. He, but, but he, he forgets the ego, but he remembers Mount Tyra. What, what's going on here? Hine Royim Anu says, the Heliger of Ruvain, we have to understand the Chazal are communicating to us as Soid Hashikha Bichitsoinius, Vesazikarin This is where we see in Chazal that by Hashem, forgetting is that which is on the, on the surface. And remembering is the truth of the panemius, of what's beyond the surface. Maisa egel huchet. The egel was a sin. What does it mean, sin? It's a word. It's a meaningless word. The word sin means nothing, right? What? It's like translate chet, sin. Okay, translate sin, um, iniquity. Okay, translate iniquity. Like, what, what, is, what do these words actually mean? What is a sin? What does this mean? What does chet mean in Hebrew? Chet actually means missing. missing. To miss. It's a to missed deviate, opportunity. To yeah. miss the opportunity to connect. Right? That's what a chet is. Sin means nothing. Ma'isei egal hu chet. Toitzer shalachitzayinis hapaguma. Means we were drawn after the external reality that's corrupted. Memela asid hulachalev. So at some point or another, it's going to lead us in a wayward direction. Its job is to cover over, to make us conceal, to forget. But in contrast, Maisa Sinai, not in Or that it could be forgotten. No, it made us forget. Right? It's on the realm of the external. So the external is not connected to the truth of the reality, which is neshama oriented. So we got drawn after the guf. We got drawn after, if you think about the Maisa Egel on a very deep level, we wanted to corporealize God. Right? We said it's not enough that God exists. We need an object to serve. And the, and the Meshachach may take a look. It means that they, if, if they made the eagle in lieu of Moshe Rabbeinu, that means that they fundamentally misunderstood Moshe Rabbeinu too. They thought that he was God in this world. And so if he's not here, we have to make an idol. Right? To me, it sounds like he's saying, since the whole act is not the real us, for a second, I got confused by the physicality. It's not the real me. It's a moment of madness yes. in me that well, made me go clarity. out. And therefore, this moment of my madness, once I go back to my, to my normal sense, to my senses, that act that I went to Meshuge for uh, 10 years ago, I did something, is going to be forgotten. And that's why Shem says, I've forgotten about it. That wasn't the real you. That is what when he's you, saying. That is, okay. That's exactly what he's saying. That's exactly. Here's how he speaks it out. That's, that's the reality. Again, if Zikarin means remembering the deeper reality, so then 
right? It'll never go away. It's in our essence. We have an absolute bond with the Creator. Nothing could, could make this fade. Nothing could make this dim. You can't forget your hand or your foot. You can't forget it, even if you didn't look at your hand for a long time. It's you. It's on you. It, it is part of you, right? The neshama can never, ever, ever forget, can never deviate from that reality, the reality of Matan Torah. Which is embedded in it, in its essence. And so now we can understand what this means, memory. Right? You know, we've learned that to remember means to access the hidden realm and to draw it out, to reveal it in the physical realm. Which is from the subconscious, to the conscious. And the subconscious, they're not hidden. We can't access them. So we forget. So how do we remember? Tap back into the subconscious where you never forgot. It was always there. Memory is a bridge, a channel between the hidden and the revealed. Chadira, it's a penetration, el imke amachshava, to the deepest depths of our thinking, nister, to the deep reality. Hadoyla, which draws chutza es masha atzur befnim, that which was locked in it, and memory draws it out. The same is true in the spiritual realm. Mitzara gufshal Yisrael, our bodies, shikhas Hashem alulaliyas mitzuya, we can forget. We can forget the reality, the truth. The hidden realm. We can forget that the world has a deeper spiritual realm. We can forget that every person that we encounter is not just a body, but they have a soul. They are a soul. The true deeper reality. So we can forget Hashem, we can forget who we really are. And we can deviate. We can become far from Hashem. We can turn our back on Hashem. That's on the guf. This will only ever be true for a Jew to do. That's a lot of rhyming words. This will only ever be true for a Jew to do on the external realm. But from the standpoint of the true reality of who you are, of who I am, Yisrael Dvukim La Hashem, we're still as close to Hashem as ever. Ukudushas Hashem and the holiness of God, is etched into our essence, without any forgetting, without any hester, without any concealment. The Afshiklapechutz, and even though externally Nira it appears Shiyeshihudim Shashakwas Hashem. It looks like there are some Jews out there who aren't living with this remembrance and have forgotten. The truth is, on the deeper realm of who they are, they never forgot. They can never forget. Because the soul can never forget Hashem. It is a part of that experience. It's just not being accessed currently. That doesn't mean that it's not them. It is the most them, not the least them. So the real part of them is as holy as ever. 
is as connected as ever. What they're, what they're challenged with is not being distant from Hashem. What they're challenged with is the body's experience of being distant from the ways of Hashem is preventing them access to what they really are, who they really are, what the true reality of nature is, what the true reality of their body is, which is that they're a soul. Just like a person can't forget himself, the soul cannot forget itself, which is the creator. It's a part of him, and it's etched into him, bound with him. And its whole essence is only ever just a spark from God's great light. Okay, we're going to stop here for tonight. I know we didn't get to the answer. <laughs> The answer is the next two, uh, the next two columns, but we're going to get to that as a session next week. Okay, so hold on tight. It's a bit of a cliffhanger, and uh, somehow we'll survive the week until we get the full answer.